Hello, happy Friday, and welcome to episode number 505 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell, and my guest today is Jesse Q. Sutanto. Jesse's new book, Four Aunties and a Wedding, is out now, and we are going to talk about wedding drama. We are going to talk about all the drama we've experienced behind the scenes, and as guests, we cover weddings with thousands of guests, runaway brides, cultural clashes, and the weight of wedding expectations. Now, I want to let you know, this is an international recording, so there is a little bit of static that I've cleaned up, but if you notice it, I apologize. I did my best. I also want to let you know about a special event next week. Next week is a special crossover two-part episode. On Thursday, April 14, I am the guest on Bonkers Romance, and we are going to be recapping A Lady of Rooksgrave Hall by Catherine Moon. Then, Friday, April 15th, here on my show, I am hosting part two. There is so much good stuff, and I'll have a little bit more information after the episode. Hello and thank you to our Patreon community, who are entirely fabulous. Each pledge helps me keep going and helps me make sure that each episode has a transcript. Thank you, Garlic Knitter, and thank you to the Patreon community. If you would like to join, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. This episode is brought to you in part by Switchcraft, my new favorite game. Switchcraft is a brand new story-driven take on Match 3 games. You know the games where you match three gems or sparkly things? As you play Switchcraft, you unlock new chapters of a gorgeously drawn graphic novel. In Switchcraft, you play as Bailey, a witch at Pendle Hill, the world's top academy of witchcraft. Their roommate has gone missing, and each choice you make brings you further into the mystery. The best part? The cast is incredibly inclusive, with characters who are non-binary, disabled, and from a variety of cultural backgrounds. And did I mention the art is gorgeous? I cannot tell you how pretty it is. The choices you make determine the outcome of the story, and there are romance options. Plus, Bailey has a cat that you help care for. The cat's name is Magnus. I love this game mostly because of the art, so give it a try. Download Switchcraft for free and unlock the magical mystery. This episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane Home. Creating a warm, cozy, welcoming home is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. And Jenny Kane Home has everything you need for every room, style, and sensibility. From furniture to accessories like candles, pillows, and very soft throws, there is something for everyone seeking to make a room feel complete. And if you are looking for a new sofa, the Harbor Sofa and Sectional is truly gorgeous. And it's available in three sizes. You can choose the perfect neutral shade, too. There's natural linen, ivory linen, and charcoal linen. It's comfortable, inviting, and designed to make you feel instantly at home. You can also join Jenny Kane Rewards. Join today and you'll get 100 points. Create the space you'll never want to leave at JennyKane.com. Get 15% off your first order when you use code SPTB at checkout. That's 15% off your first order. J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SPTB. This podcast episode is brought to you by Ritual, a vegan-friendly multivitamin delivered to your door that's formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms that your body can actually use. Many people age 19 through 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet, and some are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 and up. 
It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. Ritual also invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of essential for women 18 plus multivitamin. I like knowing all the steps behind my vitamins and I love the ease. My multivitamins are delivered to my door every month with free shipping and I can start, snooze, or cancel my subscription at any time. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Sarah and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash Sarah. Wilbur would like you to know that this episode is brought to you in part by Cat Person. Cat Person is protein-packed, high-quality cat food shipped to your door. Prepare for your cat to climb up your leg to try to get some. Meal plans are fully customized and perfect for cats of all ages. There are 16 different kinds of wet food and three different dry, and so you'll find a combination that your cat will love. A starter box includes 10 cups of wet food, a two-pound bag of dry food, plus an entire set of serving spoons, silicone lids, and a scooper. Wilbur, my feline sound engineer, absolutely loves this food, and he hollers at me until I give him the food. He loves the shreds, most of all, but adores the dry, and after only two days of trying the new food, he demands it loudly on schedule every night. You and your cat are going to love Cat Person as much as we do. Go to catperson.com slash trashybooks and use code TRASHYBOOKS to save nearly 50% on your starter box with free shipping. That's catperson.com slash trashybooks, code TRASHYBOOKS, to get nearly 50% off your starter box with free shipping. Catperson.com slash trashybooks, code TRASHYBOOKS. Are you ready for some wedding drama stories? Let's do this. On with my episode with Jesse Q. Sutanto. Hi, my name is Jesse Q. Sutanto, and I am the author of um, Dal A for Aunties and the upcoming Four Aunties and a Wedding, as well as The Obsession, The New Girl, and the upcoming um, Middle Grade Fantasy, Theo 10 and The Fox Spirit. Awesome. So you're a little busy, just a little. Yeah, <laughs> just a little, yeah. <laughs> Well, congratulations on four aunties and a wedding. I know this is a hard question because authors have to, you know, describe their books a lot, but what will readers find in this book? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is such a hard question. It is, I, like, right? I just end up like babbling on and on about like the weird and unimportant stuff about the book. Um, and actually for Dal A for Aunties, um, my publisher gave me like a three line, you know, very pithy little summary that I could tell people, um, but they, they haven't done that for four aunties. So you're going to have to bear with me. So um, four aunties in a wedding is um, a direct sequel to Dal A for aunties. And um, yeah, (laughs) so Medi is going to get married um, to her uh, long last, you know, the, the one that got away, Nathan. And um, so they're going to England And of course, as it turns out, because the aunties are involved, nothing can go right. And it turns out that their uh, wedding caterers are not who they say they are. And expect a lot of shenanigans and possible mafia. (laughs) As you do. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this is pretty standard for a wedding, right? Did you have yes. a lot of fun writing this book? Is it is it fun to write a sequel and then hang out with those characters again? 
Oh my gosh, it was so much easier and yet harder in different ways. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a lot easier because I, as soon as I started writing, I was like, oh my gosh, I know these characters already and I've missed them so much. I'm so glad to be able to like kind of just dive into their world again. Yeah. Um, but it's also really hard because I was like, how much trouble can these women get into? I mean, <laughs> you know, how can I realistically pull this off? So that that was very, very challenging. And it's it's hard to write um, sort of mayhem, chaos, capers. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts yeah. and a lot of people involved. Yes. Yeah. And I want to like, um, because the books are, you know, they're meant to be ridiculous, but I, I didn't want them to be like too ridiculous um, to the point where it, you know, kind of breaks your ability of disbelief. Yeah. Exactly. So it was really hard. Now I understand from Aaron, your lovely publicist, and from Mm -hmm. some of the interviews that you've done that you were a wedding photographer. Yes. How many years were you a wedding photographer? Um, I think I did it for about three years, honestly. Which is plenty of time for lots of weddings and lots of shenanigans. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I'm assuming it's, it's not a long shot to presume that your own experiences as a photographer influenced this series a little bit, yeah? Oh, yeah, totally. Like lots of dead bodies. Yes, yeah. you do. <laughs> Well, um, yes and no. Yes and no. So to be honest, I was like, when I was writing, um, you know, I was like, oh, okay, so my main character, because this is not a YA novel, she's an adult, she needs a job. And I was like, oh, what job can she have? And I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to do so much research. And I'm so lazy. And I was like, oh, I know, make her a wedding photographer. And I don't need to do any research. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my gosh, no, but that's perfect because I love weddings. I love everything about them. And, you know, I, I know everything about them already because I've been like obsessed with them. So, so then I was like, okay, that just all, you know, really came together so nicely. And it, and it works because not only do you love weddings, you know, you can, mm-hmm. there's so much media around the sort of public side of weddings, celebrity weddings and yeah. wedding magazines. Mm-hmm. But then when you work as a photographer, you get the behind the scenes chaos yes. of the wedding. Mm-hmm. So you know yes. all the aspects. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Please tell me about some of your favorite stories about the weddings that you've that you've been to and worked at. Because I know the people who mm-hmm. work at weddings, the florists, the photographers, mm-hmm. the bartenders, y'all have the best stories. And wedding gossip is the best gossip, we right? Do. It is. Okay, so my worst ever wedding experience. Oh, just go was, right for the top. Um, go for the worst one. Yes. Yeah, Tell I me know. everything. The worst one. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of the first weddings that I ever shot. And um I was charging very little for it. And um the wedding was in a pub in um oh my gosh, I can't remember what part of England, but it was in England, uh, because that was where I was mainly a photographer at. And, um, so the bride got drunk and Uh like really drunk and she like, she was getting very loud, um, towards, you know, the others. Um, and then she like caught sight of me and she like came like towards me with this very, 
um, <laughs> angry look on her face. I was like, whoa. Oh, no. Um, and my and my flight or fight response is freeze. So I was just standing there. Like, <gasps> and then um, she came towards me. And and then, like, her husband, I, I guess he knows what she's like. He, like, just jumped, you know, in between us. And I was like, whoa, okay, let's go in here. And, <laughs> and like, led her physically away and um bundled her into like the limo and was like we're gonna go for a drive and and then they went for a drive and I was like my god I still don't know what happened and I was just kind of standing there really stunned and um and her mom came to me and was like oh don't worry about it she gets like this she likes to get into fights and um so you know don't worry like we know to look out for it for it um (laughs) You know, like it's nothing personal. Uh, like she just like hits um, the waiter, you know, like last week for no reason. I was like, what? Oh my God. And, <laughs> and uh, one of her aunts came, came up to me and was like, oh, I just like you to know that I'm only related to them by marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any of these people. I've never met them before. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so Wow. I have so many questions for these people that I don't know. Like, why would you have your wedding in a pub if you know that the bride gets angry, fight? Like, some people get silly drunk, right? And some people get emotionally drunk. I personally am a very silly and then sleepy drunk. Um, Mm-hmm. And I start laughing and then I just go to bed. Yeah. And then some people get angry, <laughs> fight drunk. Why would you have your wedding in a pub yes. with a bride who gets angry, fight drunk? Yeah. <laughs> did you ever find out what it was that she decided that she was angry at you about? Or did you just never see her again? Yeah, no, I, I, um, she came back after the limo ride and she was very happy. And then like she had... <laughs> more from that angry drunk to like happy loving drunk and she was like I'm so sorry and oh, then she like gave no. me a big hug yeah. and I was like oh, okay <laughs> oh my god so clearly clearly her husband um they were probably having uh, uh fun sexy times yeah. in the limo is my presumption yeah. there <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> oh my gosh so what are some of the most off the wall weddings? I mean, because I know from other interviews you've done that weddings in Indonesia are completely different mm-hmm. experiences than, say, angry drunk pub wedding in England. Yeah, very, very different. Um, so the biggest wedding that I ever photographed in England had 400 people and everyone was like, you know, talking about, oh, my God, this is the biggest wedding ever. Like, it was so difficult to find a venue. Um, and, like, even the venue that they found, which was, like, a really, really nice, like, manor house. Yeah. Um, it had to, like, spill out of, you know, the the dining hall. Right. Because it wasn't big enough. And, you know, it was just, like, uh, a nightmare in terms of, like, the logistics for for the bride and groom, but oh, of course, um, because then when you do the seating <laughs> chart, really it's like, well, why am I not yeah. in the dining room? Why am I out in the hall? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even exactly. Oof. Yeah, because you know, people get their yeah, feelings so. <laughs> hurt at weddings a lot. I've I've seen. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I found that really funny because, like in Indonesia, you know, like I've never been to a wedding that only has hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> so, like my own wedding 
had a thousand five hundred people because good, good my husband is English. Yeah. And and so like he had like seven people from his side of the family. <laughs> and and my parents were like, well this is just humiliating. Like can't he, you know, rustle up some English people to come over? And I was like, well, no, that's not how it works. Like you know? <laughs> Just wrestle up some more English people and like just bury grab them, over them. Here. put them on the and, plane, just grab yeah. them and bring them over. Yeah. They were like, "We're never going to lift this down. We'll be like the laughing stock of everyone." Um, anyway, so, <laughs> so most weddings here have, on average, like two thousand to three thousand um, guests, uh, but. <sighs> So uh, <laughs> I I actually went to um, to the wedding of like some politician um, some politician's daughter or something, and they had like eight thousand people. Oh my god! That was utter. That was complete chaos. That was you know that's huge even for like you know Indonesian like standards. Um, and I was like, oh my god, I am not enjoying this. Where do you put yeah. eight thousand people? So first of all. I have many questions. First question is, how many bathrooms do these venues have? Because I've been <laughs> to weddings, right? Like I've been uh-huh. to weddings where the venue has like one wedding is going on in one part of the building and then another wedding is going mm-hmm. on in the other part of the building, but there's only two ladies rooms for all of those people. And it's oh, just, no. it's just a disaster, no. right? Like when I was looking yeah. for venues for my own wedding, which was, you know, 20 plus years ago. I always mm-hmm. was like, all right, how many how many ladies' rooms do you have? Because the line for the ladies' room is just oh, the least fun a, part. You're so considerate towards your guests. Well, that's thank so you. Nice. I actually wasn't super considerate because I got married on what's considered like a party yacht. It's a boat that goes up and down oh the East and Hudson Rivers in New York. And so that sounds so fun. It was really fun. We had to be tied to one side of the river because the the state line is in the middle of the river and our our rabbi had to be officiating in New Jersey. So we were tied to oh, the Jersey wow. shore, like the Jersey side of the river during the oh service. And then the minute we were legally married, they cast off and our dinner and our reception was a dinner oh, and dancing that. cruise up and down the rivers. But we basically oh, kidnapped wow. our guests. Like there was no leaving early. We were on a boat. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like, if you if you were coming, you were staying for the whole thing. No choices. And I also got to get oh, like, my I got to get a little cranky with people who didn't RSVP. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care at this point, but the Coast Guard needs to know if you're going to be on this boat. So just let me know if you're coming. Oh my gosh. So on That's one hand, amazing. I wow. was super worried about the number of ladies rooms mm-hmm. on the boat. It had several. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, I was also really mm-hmm. rude. And I'm like, if you're coming, you're staying for the whole thing. No choices here. You can't leave early. We're on a boat. Um, oh, my God. I love it. I, it was one of my favorite parties. I'll be honest. But 8,000. Oh, wow. Okay, first of all, there's imagine an 8,000 wedding, an 8,000 person wedding on a boat. That's a cruise ship. That's a big cruise ship. Oh, my ship. gosh. Yes, How do you, where do you, where do you put yes. 8,000 people? What kind of venues do you have no. for 8,000 people? Where was this wedding? How do you do that? I'm so, my mind is blown. I mean, for the record, yeah, I had so, 104 uh, people at my wedding, not 8,000. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so most hotels here are built with like the typical um, Indonesian wedding in mind. So right, right, right. Most right. hotels um, they would have like huge um, like banquet halls, and Holy cow. what's really smart is that like. 
the banquet halls, they, they would have like these partitions. So for example, because my wedding was so tiny, um, they, <laughs> At they 1, partitioned it. So, people. Yeah. Yeah. So we only used, um, a third of like the banquet hall. So it didn't look so, you know, so big and empty. Yeah. And even then I remember like thinking, oh, it's not that full, you know, even like a third um, for like a thousand five hundred people felt kind of empty. Yeah. So I think it was, um, it could have fit like two thousand very comfortably. Wow. And then, um, yeah, so that, and that was just a third of like the ballroom. So the hotels are like built with that in mind and they're always like competing, right? Yeah. To get like, you know, the bigger weddings. Um, so they, they're always like built with, um, you know, good parking in mind and plenty of like bathrooms, um, you know, located at like different entrances. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's like all very like well thought out, right? (laughs) All of it like ready to cater. But I think the 8,000 guests one, they were struggling because, you know, that was just out of the norm. I mean, I can, I, I don't, I don't know that many people. Like, I don't yeah, know that many humans. <laughs> like, that is yeah. an absolutely staggering number of human beings. Even even oh, yeah. your wedding at 1500, like, I understand your parents were like, I'm yeah. sorry. Your, your, yeah. Our son-in-law has brought seven people. Yes. But I also don't know 1500. This is absolutely astonishing. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. No, that's what I told him. I was like, where do you know all these people? Because, like, I only have 500 Facebook friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i think about 20 were like my friends and then the rest were all like my parents um, <laughs> so, so when you yeah. when you've been attending weddings and when you've worked at a photographer do you remember any like scandalous or incredible stories from the weddings that you've been at i'm presuming they haven't involved kidnappings dead bodies you know, moving a dead body around. Like I'm, I'm guessing that was fiction, but maybe, maybe not. I mean, you know, 1,500, 8,000 people, you can have a murder in there, I guess. I mean, who would yeah, notice? There's 8,000 people. Right? Yeah, there's like 8,000 people. Know. Who's going to notice? They're just going to assume that person's sleeping, right? Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, just passed out from yeah. all the wine or Ex- something. Exactly. <laughs> so what's funny is that um, a lot of the things that I put into Dal A for aunties um, were just like kind of standard run of the mill things that happens at like weddings here. Like, for example, the tea ceremony, there's like a scene where um, the couple has a tea ceremony, and a tea ceremony is like where the bride and groom serves tea to their elders. Yes. And the elders um, have to give them a gift. Yeah. And so that one, like, I wasn't even exaggerating or anything you know because like i have been to tea ceremonies where you know i've seen aunties being like oh my god like they're giving so much money now we we, you know we'll have to give a lot more in our red packet otherwise we're gonna lose face so then they're like shoving like clumps of cash into (laughs) red packets (laughs) and you're watching Um, the thickness of the envelope um, yeah yeah, so I mean, like the tea ceremonies where um, one relative is like, oh, um, you know, and the gift is this, and it turns out it's like um, 
you know, the certificate to like a BMW or something. Holy and then cow. Um, be, yeah. And then the other relatives are like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> how dare you make us look bad? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that wasn't even exaggerated. And, and I remember a lot of people were like commenting, you know, like, Oh my God, this is so over the top. And I was like, well, you know, the reality. <laughs> wow. Wow. I remember I used to work I used to work at the front desk of a hotel, which is mm-hmm. um, not a great customer-facing job. Housekeeping was worse, but front desk was a lot. And one time I went in and there was a wedding scheduled. It was like a Sunday. So there was a Sunday afternoon wedding. And I come in and mm-hmm. the groom's parents and the groom and the father and the mother of the bride and all the bridesmaids are just standing around in the lobby looking worried. And I'm like, well, those are nice dresses. Okay, I'll go in the back, sign in, go to the front desk. And everyone at the front desk is sort of standing around whispering. And I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, well, the Uh wedding is in 30 minutes. And the bride has just run off with the (gasps) groomsman and the limo driver and has disappeared. And they don't know where she is. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, well, it's time for our shift to end. Bye. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I need more detail. I need more detail. What's happening? They're like, we got to go. Oh, I know. And I'm like, okay. So the bridesmaids are all on their phones and the groomsmen are all on their phones. And the groom is like trying to get a hold of his fiance. And we're like, okay, do we need to, do we need to call the police? Like, is she in trouble? And one of the groomsmen apparently knew that she was planning this and was like, no, 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 she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. And suddenly, and I could watch it from across the lobby. I could watch the the bridesmaids and the groomsmen figure out that this one guy knows more than he's saying. And so you watch these abs, I mean, makeup and hair has been done. And this was, okay, so it was before I got married. It was while I was in college. So this is like the late 90s. So this is some, Uh this is some big hair. That we're talking about here like these were some <laughs> I love it. very oh my gosh and and the dresses were very very blue and they poofy. had very yeah. poofy and really really big hair like that's what their hair mm-hmm. was like it was big beautiful curly oh. gathers with flowers <laughs> so you watch these angry valkyrie bridesmaids start going in on this groomsman like where is she tell us everything we're gonna we're, we will oh hurt you God. and and like they're all just really angry at this guy and this is all happening in the lobby in front of me I have never been so scared of well-dressed people in my life. Like, I was terrified of all of these angry people. I was just sort of standing there going, I'm at the front desk. Would you like to check in? Oh, my gosh. Finally, 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 they get hold of her. She doesn't want to get married. She has run off with the groomsmen. She went to the airport and was (gasps) trying to get her her fiancé's ticket changed to her apparently oh, runaway groomsman. Yeah, she's trying to get his t- the ticket changed to him so they could go on the honeymoon. And she hadn't told her fiancé any of this. And the person oh that I gosh. had to end up talking to was the father of the bride because he had to come to the front desk and pay for the wedding that didn't happen. Oh, no. But why did she just... I don't why know. Why did she not... Oh, my God, I have so many questions I for do, her. too. Wait, so how is she doing now? <laughs> 
I honestly don't know. Um, I remember that they they sort of got up in front of all of because you know guests are arriving, and so eventually, yeah. eventually we had to move the angry bridesmaids and the very scared groomsmen. Oh we had God. to move them into an additional room because guests were coming in and were yeah. like, "What is happening?" And then the the wedding guests were coming oh, yeah. in and like, "What is happening?" And the lobby was just becoming absolute chaos because people were arriving for the wedding, oh. and then you know how when you walk yeah. in a room, you can feel stuff is wrong. So guests yeah. are arriving in the lobby and they're like, oh, wait, oh, this is not good. People look angry. This is, oh boy. So we had to move all these people oh into a, like into like a meeting. They were like in a meeting room. Like they were in some sort of conference room. Oh, no. And finally, the father of the bride was like, all right. So he goes out and talks to all the guests at the start of the wedding and said, we're not having a wedding, but we are having a party. Please eat and drink because it was already paid for. He couldn't cancel it. So he's like, please eat and drink and enjoy yourselves and have a good evening. And, you know, uh, sorry. And then like what took his wife, his wife was devastated. They went back in the conference room. I remember we had room service bring them a lot of wine, like a lot. A lot of wine was given to the parents of the the bride and the parents of the groom and the groom. I'm so glad that they at least get wine. Oh, they got so much wine. And... You know, you when you're at the front desk, you, you're sort of confronting people at the worst like moment. Like they've they've just arrived, they're tired, they mm-hmm. probably flew in. You know, they just they just want to go to their rooms. So, you know, I'm used to dealing with people who are just like, I'm ready to collapse. Please put me in a room. So I had to help the father <laughs> oh of God. the bride write a check to pay for the wedding. And like I'm, oh, I don't know. So I'm people. like I'm cringing for him. I know, right? And I'm like 20 years old. What do I know? I don't know anything. So my 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 supervisor, who was much older and much smarter, I remember this part very clearly. She said, "You know, I I know this has been an absolutely awful day for you, um, but I promise tomorrow will not be this bad." And the and the father of the bride Aww. said, "Yes." And I keep telling myself it is cheaper to call off a wedding than to get a divorce. And I'm like, "Yes, that's very true." Oh, yeah, that's so true. So apparently the wine helped, but that was probably yeah. the, and I had nothing I was not I was not invited to this wedding. I was in my little uniform at the front desk, but I mm-hmm. remember this so clearly because, you know, when you have that many mm-hmm. people and and weddings mm-hmm. are big emotions, right? Yeah. The minute yeah. you have all those big emotions and all that fancy dress and then something goes wrong, it can be so yeah. so awful. Oh my gosh. But that was so wise though. I love that. That oh, it's cheaper to call up the wedding. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was writing a big check. I pretty much I, I think he would have told himself anything at that point, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So when you were planning your own wedding, when you were planning your own wedding, what was that like for you? Honestly, it was very difficult because um, yeah, there was like a a cultural clash. Yeah. And I mean, our two cultures are just so different. Like my you know, my husband is like, he's from a very quiet, sleepy, little English village. Yeah. Um, like he thought that Oxford was overwhelming. <laughs> and so to come to, you know, Jakarta, which is like a huge metropolis. It yeah. was like, Whoa. oh my God, like blew his mind. And um, and then of course my family has all these expectations. And, and you know, my mom was like, well, you know, what about the engagement party? Like, so, uh, and there are like so many like traditions involved, like, oh, he has to um, gift me a necklace and that necklace better be diamond. And, oh my gosh. And, uh, 
And then she was like describing it. Um, so that's actually the engagement party. Like traditionally, we we actually don't have you know rings. Like yeah. our rings are the necklaces that the um, you're supposed to like um, put it. You know, the guy's supposed to put it around the girl's neck. And I yeah. was like, I don't like that. It sounds like he's putting a collar on me. I, <laughs> I don't like. <laughs> and she was like, oh. And then he his family is supposed to like give. Um, these huge like campers that are filled with like branded goods and blah 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 and it was just really a lot of like expectations and finally I was like well look you know we're not gonna do any of that because it's just like too much right 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 um and it was so overwhelming um so finally I was like we're not gonna have an engagement party but you know you can plan the wedding that you want (laughs) it was a compromise yeah um so yeah it was very stressful weddings are very stressful because everyone has an idea of what your wedding should look like yeah right like there's well these Mm -hmm. people did it this way so we have to do it this way this is the family tradition we have to do this this way there's all of these expectations placed on you when it's it's your wedding with lots and lots Mm -hmm. of people's opinions right yeah so were there any experiences that you have that were similar to to medis in uh, four aunties in a wedding so in four aunties in a wedding um i really wanted to highlight that it can be very like a rude awakening when um, like immigrant families meet other immigrant families and then they expect, you know, the experience to be completely similar. But then it turns out like it's not. And they find that they're actually, you know, more, it feels like they're even more different than the non-immigrant families. So that actually happened with, you know, when my parents met my husband's parents, um, so my husband, uh, his dad is English, but his mom is actually Singaporean. And so uh, my parents, they, you know, we've lived in Singapore for a very long time, um, for many years. And so they were very excited to meet his mom. But his mom has actually like completely assimilated to English culture. Oh, and boy. so when they met her, they were so like taken aback, like, what, what do you mean you don't, you know, speak Chinese? And and they were like getting all huffy enough. And I wanted to put that in the book yeah. um, to show that, you know, there isn't like a single right or, you know, or a correct way of no. like being um, a person of color um, that all of our experiences are just so different yeah, um, and so varied. The people getting married often, mm-hmm. they have to be the bridge between two very big misunderstandings and have sort of partial yeah. fluency in both. That is a lot mm-hmm. to, I, I can understand why people elope is what I'm saying here. Oh yeah. It took a few years, uh, you know, even after we got married um, for us to kind of like smooth, you know, smooth over yeah. the initial bumps. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, even now I, yeah, my parents are not like, they don't have the kind of relationship with my husband's parents that they wish they could. Yeah. Cause they're like, they're very close to their friends. They're very close to like uh, my sister-in-law's parents. You know, they go on like vacation together. That's the kind of like relationship that they wanted. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, my husband's parents, they're very like, Oh no, no, no. Like <laughs> no, we do not vacation together. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame them. 
So I always ask this question, what books are you reading that you want to tell people about? So um, I just finished reading um, Such a Fun Age uh, by Kylie Reed. It's so good. Oh my gosh, everybody should read it. I don't know why, like I only just picked it up now. I know it came out, um, was it like last year or 2020? Um, but yeah, I, I'm kicking myself for not reading it sooner. It's so cool. Don't be so hard on yourself. First of all, time has no meaning in COVID times. And also, uh, yes. any book you haven't read is a new book to you. It's it's so like cringy, uh, yeah. the, you know, when I'm like uh, listening to it, because I was listening to the audiobook. I was like, oh, no, you know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, she shows like the the good intentions so well, I felt. Everyone is like so complex in it. I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Have you listened to the audiobook of your books? Uh I, I tried, but it's like, it's so weird because it's not even my own voice, but <laughs> it's like watching yourself, you know, on, on video and you're like, I have that same like secondhand embarrassment. I can understand. I know a lot of authors can't listen to the audiobook, but I have to tell you, I am part of a few different reader groups and people absolutely mm-hmm. love the audio performance of Dial A for Aunties. Absolutely know, yeah. love it. The, I, yeah. the narrator, Risa May. She did such an amazing, yeah. Absolutely amazing, amazing job. job. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you to Jesse Q. Sutonto for connecting with me over many, many time zones. And thank you to Aaron Galloway for helping me set up this interview. I would love to know, do you have a wedding drama story? Did you witness some serious nuptial shenanigans? please tell me. I would dearly love to know about it. You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or you can email me a sound file where you just tell me the whole story because you know I really want to hear the details. Or you can call and leave a message at 201-371-3272. Please tell me all your wedding drama. I would love to hear. And as I mentioned in the intro, next week is a special crossover event. Thursday, April 14th, I am the guest on Bonkers Romance and they are hosting part one of our two-part recap of A Lady of Rooksgrave Hall by Catherine Moon. And then on Friday, April 15th, I am hosting part two. Listen, there is so much. There is so much. Rooksgrave is what I would call wholesome monster erotica. So please tune in to Bonkers Romance on Thursday, April 14th for part one and join me and Melody and Jenny here for part two. I'm very curious about the different types of podcasts. There's the sort of interview podcast that I do. There's conversation podcasts that I do. And there's recapping podcasts that I do. So I'm curious, which is your favorite? You can always email me and let me know. And as always, I end with an absolutely dreadful joke. And this week is no different. This joke is from Aaron. And Aaron wrote, I really enjoy the SPTB podcast. It has helped to lighten my mood over the last few very long years. Thank you, Aaron, and thank you for sending me a joke. Y'all ready? Okay, here we go. What kind of shorts do clouds wear? What kind of shorts do clouds wear? Thunderwear. (laughs) Thunderwear. I'm surprised that hasn't been taken as some sort of like, you know, custom bespoke special underwear online company. Thunderwear. <laughs> thank you, Aaron. And thank you again for joining me this week. It is really an honor to keep you company. We will be back next week with a two part episode Thursday on Bonkers Romance and part two here Friday on my show. But until then, have a wonderful weekend. We wish you the very best of reading. 
Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.